Okay, everyone got a happy Mother's Day from everyone. And I just want to say it in my best, best voice. Call your mother today. She's very worried about you. Make sure that she knows that you're okay, okay? There you go. You're very welcome. You didn't know that we were going to have someone. Uh, I should be saying Shabbat Shalom if I'm doing that because that was my best Jewish voice. But we are so thankful that you are here, and it is Mother's Day. So... No one seems excited about it. Come on, guys, it's Mother's Day. In the culture that we live in, to have Mother's Day is a big deal. They may cancel it next week. Seriously. So I'm so thankful for each and every one of you being here today uh, as we continue our series on Ruth. And what we've been walking through in this series, honestly, uh, that each of us know, we've been talking about how to be men and women of God, all right? So as men and women of God, as we go through that, uh, we're talking about not only knowing the Word, but living in the Word. And that's the big difference, because if you're a godly man or woman, you may know the Word of God. The Pharisees and the Sadducees knew the Word of God, but Jesus, the Word, but also the disciples as He ascended to heaven, lived out the Word. And so, I just want to have a little survey here. As you know that, all the wrestling fans got excited. No, we're not going back to those days. If you know, you know. Uh, but today, I just want to ask, how many folks have seen Men in Black? I'm that old now. Yes, right? Like the original. I had it on VHS. I wore out one, and so I had a second one. Uh, I had two VHSs. If anybody knows, it is what it is. Uh, if you had to go to Blockbuster, remember, if you didn't rewind, they charged you extra. You remember those days? I'm getting old, y'all. I love it. So that being said, Men in Black, my, one of the favorite things that I want to talk about today, and it applies to Mother's Day and what we're going to walk through in Ruth, is remember like when the, the aliens at the very end are playing jacks with the Milky Way galaxies or marbles? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not that old that you don't know it. And it's that. So, like, we get so focused on what's in front of us and the small things that what if there is something bigger going on? And you see, this is what we see in the book of Ruth, is that there's a bigger, greater story that God is writing in Ruth. Like, we can get so hyper-focused on Naomi and on Ruth themselves, but we can miss the greater story that's happening. And the reason that I want to share that with you today is Mother's Day is all about that greater story that God is writing for each and every one of you. And what do I mean by that? And me, I should include myself in that because God is faithful. What do I mean by that? Did you know the odds of you being born, get ready, is one in 400 trillion. Powerball has better odds than you taking your first breath. And we look at that and we don't think that's a big deal. We're just like, okay. But think about this. The odds of two people coming together and making a child. You may think, well, the rom-coms on television or the series seems like it's very easy, but two people coming together to make a child is literally one in 200 million or 200 trillion, but for you to take your first breath is one in 400 trillion. So I'm giving you big numbers. Who knows what 400 trillion looks like? Okay, it's 10 times our national debt. We'll get there. Don't you worry. Uh, wherever you are, we're going to get a greater story. Uh, that being said, for real, it is the odds of you in a helicopter dropping a life vest into the Pacific Ocean and a turtle swimming up through the head of the life vest and you seeing it from the helicopter. That's the odds of you taking your first breath. That's crazy. Y'all went Bear grills on me and went Survivor. I know, like you thought through that. But for real, that is insane. So what I'm saying is you and I are all miracles. We may not think it. My mother used to tell me that all the time. You're my miracle. We'll unpack this a little bit today. But we don't think about that. We don't think that actually being born is a miracle. We think that some of us can be so stuck in it not being a miracle that we even hate that we were born. 
And today, that's what I want us to walk through when it comes to Ruth. Because I will tell you today, God's writing a greater story. If you are in a rough spot, a tough spot, a a tense season, know that it has a purpose. Because if you're still living and breathing and you're listening to this, God's not done. And we can rest in that today. So, wherever you are, as we've had our Men in Black session and we've talked about some fun things today, what we're going to learn through, we're going to be in Ruth 4 today, and we're going to learn through, she gave birth to a son. She gave birth to a son. And so that's, you got to bear in here with me today. I'm going to do my best. I will promise uh, if I get cracked up a little bit, we'll have some music playing lightly in the background. Uh, But uh, so today, it wouldn't be appropriate if it wasn't Mother's Day if I didn't talk to you about my mother, right? So many of you know my mother passed away a few years ago when COVID came out. We'll talk more about that and all that crazy good stuff. Uh, But so she is not here on this Mother's Day, but I know she's in heaven. She's waiting she, she's, she's talking to Jesus, once again, talking to me off a ledge, because I'm about to share with you some crazy things. When I say this, uh, she's going to be like, Jesus, he's, don't take him home yet. He's not ready. So here's probably a great picture of my mother holding me. I'm sure she liked this. There's a couple different ones that were her favorite. Uh, and look at that fat head. Look at there. Ain't missed a meal since 1984. Uh, all the way through. Just look at that chunk. Now, what you don't see in the picture is they put out some banana pudding and some mac and cheese, and I was like, they seriously not going to let me have that? Like, what's going on? Like, you see those eyes getting real big, ready to go? But that's my mother holding me there, uh, good times uh, as it goes. And it wasn't too long, uh, it wasn't too long before she, she saw that trouble was here. Because you can see, as you look at this next picture, Rick, Wal- Rick Ross didn't come up with white on white. It was long, long. I was, I was keeping it. I was too cool for school long, long ago. So that being said, that's actually Kumo D uh, is what I was trying to be before Will Smith hijacked Wild Wild West. Uh, That was the original one, Uh, and so I was rocking and rolling in that, and uh, the sad part is my skin tone is as white as that shirt, and it's either that or very red, so that is what I get with my Scotch-Irish background, right? So as you see that, you saw a picture of my mother, you saw me, as always, trouble, my mother and my family having to put up with me, and the third picture is one of my favorite pictures of our family, and it's my brother, my sister, my brother, Benjamin, my sister, Olivia, me, my mother, and you know God is faithful because I'm holding a cat. That ain't going to happen today in this time and age. Like, you know that God is gracious and faithful. So we're going to talk about this picture in a little bit, but there's so much faithfulness in God's, in God's uh, story that he's writing for us in these photos that I'm sharing with you. So that being said, let's dive into the text. Can we do that? If you with me, give me an amen. I might be wearing that white on white later. What do you say? It is what it is. See, I was cool long before they even made it happen. You even saw, you couldn't see it in the photo because, you know, I had to scan the photo in. That was a negative. I had the fake chain to, anyway, it was good times. It was good times. All the way through, all the way through, if you got your Bible, we're going to be in Ruth 4 today. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one free for the asking. If not, uh, our Vine production team, and I can't celebrate enough. Gosh, she's going to cut my mic again. But Zach, thank you for making sure the scripture's up here each and every week, uh, making sure wherever you're watching around the world that you can see it, but also you can freely follow along with us on our Vine Church app. Go to the vine.tv slash app. It's going to send you to the app store, either Google Play or Apple Store, and what it'll do is give you our custom church app. You'll see in there uh, where you can follow along with us. You'll see notes, a tab for that, but you can also send in prayer requests, keep up with us, all that crazy good stuff. Are you ready? Let's dive into Ruth 4. So let's, let's set it up. Last time we left Ruth and Boaz, Boaz said, hey, uh, I am going to redeem you, but there is someone else that can redeem you first. In other words, she was uh, the entire Bachelorette show she was on, and there was somebody else. Like, there was somebody else who was going to redeem her. 
There was somebody else who had the right of first refusal. And Boaz said, if he won't do it, then I will redeem you. And so what he does, before we're going to kind of summarize this the best we can, before we pick up uh, in, in the main scripture in Ruth today, Boaz gets all the elders together. He gets the first redeemer who has the right of first refusal together. And he says, hey, I want to redeem Ruth, but you have first right. Would you like to do it? And that guy was like, absolutely. I want to grow my real estate business. Yes, I'll be happy to do that. And then all of a sudden, Boaz says, oh, but there's one more thing. You don't only have to redeem Naomi, who is not of childbearing age, but Ruth the Moabite, who is. And he said, no, I can't do it. Boaz, you do it. Now, we're going to see the heart of Boaz in a second. And that can, that can kind of go over us, what in the world. Okay, so, what? So, so Boaz gets to redeem, so why did that man refuse it? Well, the nameless redeemer, if you will, refused it because if Ruth had a son, that man had no rights to the inheritance. See, the first redeemer said, I can't get a return on my investment, therefore I'm not going to redeem her. Boaz said, I don't care about the investment, I'm going to redeem her. Do you see the difference? See, Boaz didn't even know that if there was going to be an heir or not. But he still loved her enough that he did that. And I don't know about you, but as we see through this, I'm going to talk about Boaz a lot, and we're going to talk about Ruth, but I see the heart of a mother here. See, as we celebrate mothers, you literally are a picture to Jesus long before we even take our first breath. You loved us before you saw our face. Why? Because you put up with us rent-free for nine months when we were in your womb, right? And then we were born, right? Then after that, you put up with us rent-free for a lot longer after that. A lot longer after that, we were rent-free. But you loved us. You saw potential in us before we even took our first breath. And so that's where Boaz here. So if you've got your Bible, Ruth 4, we're going to start in verse 9, go to verse 12, unpack this, have some laughs. If we have tears, I'm very sorry. We're going to make it through it. But Ruth 4, 9 through 12 says this. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. have also acquired Ruth, the Moabite, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. So really quick to unpack that again. We're gonna, we'll keep going here in a second. Why does this matter? Well, you see what happened is that when the Israelites go into the promised land, you know I love some Joshua. Joshua's my dude. When they take the promised land, God ordains what, what lines, he draws the lines of the tribes, what land they can possess. And so they wanted to keep the family in that land. You know, we don't have that as much as possible. You hear family land a lot of time, and that's somebody selling a farm, right? But you see, in the promised land, they wanted to keep it in the family. And so what they would do is they would redeem the heir so that it would stay, and the original ordinance that God put out when they went to the promised land was kept. So the same tribe stayed in the same land, Okay. If you're with me, give me an amen. You good? We pay attention? Good. I love it because sometimes I know it'll be, I'm still thinking about how good I looked in that white on white. I'm going to figure it out later. So that being said, they were in the land. And so the reason they did that is because they were showing that that property was God's, not somebody here on earth. So they redeemed it. And without getting into jubilee years and all of that, well, that's why this is so important. Boaz redeems Ruth, but it is actually for Ruth's heir, not himself. Okay. 
So he's saying everybody is witnesses. This is what happens. Verse 11. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. Remember, they second the motion. Somebody was receiving. Somebody seconded it, and it passed. Anyway, if you've ever been to a deacon meeting, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're welcome. Tough crowd. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. I read this, and I thought Leah and Alyssa who built up the family of Vine Kids. But it is. It is what it is. We're thankful. Praise Jesus' name and amen. Uh, so that being said, uh, it says this. It goes on to say, May you have standing in Ephratha and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez who Tamar bore to Judah. Now, we're not going to get into all of the, the logistics of this, but if you ever look at the lineage of Jesus, you're going to see Ruth is in the lineage of Jesus. She is actually mentioned... And there are two other women that are mentioned here in the lineage of Jesus. But they all have a redeeming story. If you read about Rachel and Leah, one was uh, Jacob loved Rachel, and he tried to neglect Leah. Because remember, he, he got into a, a business transaction for her, and long story short, his father-in-law hoodooed him because he switched brides at the wedding. Hello, like, did you not know? Anyway, praise Jesus, we live in a time like this. Like, what happened? They switched brides like... What the heck, did you not know? Like, whatever. Uh, if you think the Bible's not interesting, you'll have those. Tamar and Judah, what ends up happening is Tamar seduces Judah to sleep with her because she acts like she's a prostitute. Drama. Go on. You didn't know you had that in the Bible. Yet God redeemed it because that's the same line that Jesus is born into. And the reason that this matters is we can see this uh, and we celebrate this on Mother's Day as we go forward today is once again, Boaz does not care about his name written in the lineage. And because of that, he is part of the name that is Jesus' lineage. Think about that. Where's the lesson in that? As we try to cling to things of this earth, we'll surely lose it. Because it'll never satisfy us. I, I will tell you from experience, it will. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet, and it, you're never full. I'm going to change jobs to get this. I'm going to go chase this car, and it's going to make me happy. I'm going to chase this person, and it's going to make me happy. It'll never fill you. Cars break down. Houses burn down. We'll talk about that a little bit. Houses burn down. Relationships get broken. But when it's built upon Christ, it will last for eternity. I didn't mean that. I'm, now, listen, I'm not telling you you're going to be like Beetlejuice and like be down here and live forever. It means that you're going to be in heaven forever with those who trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let's go on and see what ends up happening with Boaz and Ruth here. It goes on in verse 13 to say, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive. Very, very important here, and something that I want you to know today before it says, And she gave birth to a son. The Lord enabled her to conceive. The Lord enabled her to conceive. Right now, I want you to know you aren't the object of a one-night stand. You aren't a happenstance that you happen to be here. It isn't that it was just God's mistake that you were born. It was with purpose. The Lord enabled your mother to conceive. And you will say, well, my mother, I don't even know who my mother is. I'm adopted. You know what? The Lord still enabled that person to conceive your mother so that he can place you with someone who could give you the love of a mother because that woman couldn't at that time. And that's the grace of God. And when you know that, then you can understand the struggle because 
What I see in the heart of a, a heart of a mother, and I see the heart of Boaz here, is let me just ask you this, and this will help us understand. Remember when Ruth was in Ruth 1, she was a Moabite, and she was going with Naomi back to Bethlehem, a foreigner in a foreign land who had no right, no possession, no anything, didn't even have anywhere to stay, didn't have food to eat. Yet when Boaz met her working in his field, now all of a sudden he didn't leave her the same way he found her. Doesn't that just sound like a mother? A mother's not going to leave your stinky diaper on for long, is she? No. As a father, you wouldn't do it because it stinks. Let's just be real. Dads are like, good God, I can't catch my breath. Like, you know, that's me. That would be where I'm at. Like, I can't. Like, you know, that's my boy. That is. Stinks up. Let's get it out of the house. Get the Febreze. Let's go. But a mother's not going to leave you the way they found you. This is what Boaz is doing. This is the heart of Jesus. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know he didn't leave you the way he found you. He's still growing you, molding you, making you into you, who you were created to be. Let's go on and say, it says this, The Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. Look at the shift from Naomi. Naomi leaves Bethlehem, goes to Moab, loses her sons and her husband and one of her daughter-in-laws. So when she comes back to Bethlehem, she feels empty-handed. So she left Bethlehem in a famine, comes back during the harvest season. Yet when she comes back during the harvest season, she feels like she's in a famine. Yet God redeems her because now all of a sudden she can't have sons. Remember she tells Ruth, would you wait on my son before you would marry him? No. She tries to convince Ruth and Orpah to stay in Moab, but Ruth comes anyway. And now all of a sudden this woman who can no longer bear children, who has no prospects of anyone in her life, now Ruth is considered her daughter-in-law. Is now her daughter, you will hear her say this, has a child. And she holds him. Now all of a sudden, the fullness of God's joy, this blessing, is in her hands. Now Naomi could have been bitter and been like, uh, it doesn't look a thing like me. Well, obviously it wouldn't, right? Because Boaz is just a relative. But instead, she cares for him. She takes care of that son. We'll learn about that son even more next week, what this looks like. But verse 15, I love it, says, He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. That's Christ right there. It's a picture of Christ. So I started by saying the Lord <laughs> enabled her to conceive. So let me talk about God's faithfulness in my, in my life. Uh, as as uh, I don't know if we'll have any more cool pictures, like, but it'll be fine. You'll get there. But I want to talk about God's faithfulness in my life. And I want to introduce you to my father and who I affectionately call my mama Martha, right? So that's my father with his high school sweetheart, Martha. And so they get married. Uh, my, my dad, as you can see, uh, if you ever wonder uh, if, if Aiden is ever related to my father, yes. And if you want to know where I'm so thankful for, I, Tim is my brother, realistically, even though they say brother-in-law. Uh, Aiden didn't have a chance because uh, he gets his sense of humor from both sides of the family. He gets it from my father, he gets it from, from there. If you ever wonder why I get, have a sense of humor, that's there. 
So what ends up happening is, uh, as you can see, the next picture in our Easter best, I was rocking a bow tie long before. Not only was I white on white, I could rock a vest and a bow tie before you even knew me. Look at him. Uh, this is my brother, uh, Benjamin, my sister, Olivia. See, he's rocking that Miami Vice. That's why the white on white. If you know, you know. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> see? Add all of it there. That is us in our Easter best. And you say, well, what's going on? Well, let me tell you. Uh, after my father and mother got married, they lost a ton of pictures, lost everything in a, a trailer fire. They lived in a trailer, had a trailer fire, and lost just about all their pictures. So, like, when it comes to my sister and brother, we're, it's secondhand. It's whoever got it secondhand. Many of my mother and father's photo albums are secondhand. Any of their wedding photos are secondhand. It, it just was all lost. So that's why you see my fat head in that picture, because that's just what it was. There are some other pictures of, of Olivia and Benjamin, but I will tell you, uh, I just like this one. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm in it. There you go. That's a sign of a baby in a family. So that being said, uh, what ends up happening is uh, my father, Mary's mama, Martha. Mary, mama, Martha have my brother, Benjamin, and my sister, Olivia. And when my sister is but a wee toddler, my brother's in elementary school, Martha dies of lupus. And all of a sudden, my father is a widower. All right? So now he's a widower, and all of a sudden, as you'll see, he meets my mother, and uh, they get married. Look at there, get married. You ever wonder if I look like, I know everybody says I, I look like my dad, you can see that. I look like my mother as well. It's definitely a blend there. But they get married, and all of a sudden, they have an instant family, all right? Now, the reason that this is important is because my mother's whole life, every doctor told her she couldn't have a child. Without getting too crazy into it, long story short, her reproductive system would either kill me as a child, would eat, the fetus, or the fetus would just shed. She couldn't hold it for nine months. That's what they were told her. She can never have, if you want to look at endometriosis, you can look that up, whatever, that's the medical term. Uh, she had a lot of complications with her pregnancy. So she was never supposed to have kids, but she's got two children right here. This is, I mean, like the Lord has brought this family together. All of a sudden she has two children and then surprise, as you see, uh, my fat head shows up in a few years by God's faithfulness. And if you wonder what I'm thinking right there, I'm thinking, do I cry so that I want to eat and they change my diaper? Uh, do I cry after I eat so they change my diaper? Or do I just cry? I went with the latter. I just cried. So that's what I was thinking about all the way through. And what you can see a little bit, I'm so thankful for technology uh, and <laughs> uh, better cameras. You see some boots in the picture. Everybody see those boots in the picture? Uh, in that picture, and somebody holding a Cabbage Patch doll, that's a boy. Uh, does anybody want to guess who that is? It's my sister Olivia. It's her Cabbage Patch. She's sitting there making sure I'm good, watching over me as my mom's rocking her in the rocking chair. And so now all of a sudden, God's faithfulness, my mother's unable to conceive, has some complications with pregnancy, as honestly, I know it sounds crazy, but I don't know of any pregnancy that isn't complication-free. And it is the point to Christ's faithfulness. I know that you made, like, you always had something in there. Now, after the baby's born, you probably forget a lot of it until they get older, and you remind them, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. That's what you get. Moms tell that all the time. Trust me. See? There they go. Every mama does that, right? All the way through. So now, all of a sudden, my mother, who couldn't conceive, my father, who lost his high school sweetheart, has these two children, and now, all of a sudden, here I am, child number three, ready to go. And so you can see the joy in everyone's face when I'm not crying. Uh, you see my brother Benjamin standing beside me, hugging, uh, hugging me there on the couch. Uh, as you can see, as, as he goes and does that. So there's, there's my brother Benjamin chilling, 
you haven't got to see my, my brother much. We'll talk about God's faithfulness in that here in just a moment and all the God's faithfulness there. Uh, they, they also, it looks like from the looks of my eyes, there was banana pudding and macaroni and cheese again, and they wouldn't let me eat it. But then you can also see uh, the Cabbage Patch doll did not last long. You see my sister Olivia is holding me, and my fat head is as big as she is, uh, by, by, by God's grace. But there she is holding me on the couch, all that crazy good stuff, as you see God's faithfulness all the way through. But I started with Mother's Day, and I said, here's a picture of my brother Benjamin, my sister Olivia, my mother, me, and a God-forsaken cat. Uh, I just want to talk to you about God's faithfulness in this picture. You see, I was a baby, and my father gets killed by a drunk driver a few years later on his way home. More on that in a second when I talk about God's faithfulness. The reason I say I see God's faithfulness in that picture is my mother, who was never supposed to have a baby, had a baby. Still a baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had a baby. I wasn't supposed to. My brother Benjamin lost both of his parents before he graduated high school. He joins the Army not long after this, and he's been multiple tours, been Central Europe, Middle East, uh, places that if you know anyone who served in the military, many places they won't tell you about because of what they've seen. And yet he's still alive. On the front lines, God spared him. My sister Olivia, see, so many times I, I was sharing this the other day uh, with Olivia and Tim, thinking through, just uh, I share this a lot, but, you know, sometimes when I say God's writing a greater story, you catch someone and you think from that one snapshot that you know their whole life, right? Like, if you look, uh, Olivia, like, rock star in real estate, Tim, just rock star at what he does, he's the smartest person I know, like, does he goes he solved world hunger four times over nobody will listen so like all that to say i will tell you though i know the struggle god's faithfulness in this picture i know the struggle i know olivia working two jobs going to school tim working two jobs going to school building a house with his own two hands like to everything to get with the hard work the sweat the push through that they had to walk through to get to where they are but they know that god's not done with them the struggle the struggle, am I ever going to graduate? Am I ever going to figure this out? Am I ever going to get things right? And yet they continued to go step by step by step. God's faithfulness. So much so, I get to have a niece and nephew through them. Because I don't have children, and that's because the world's still spinning as the world turns. Now, once that changes, who knows if I have kids, what will happen? I mean, it could be crazy. Y'all, I hope that y'all aren't praying for the mountains to fall down on you and the rocks crying when I have children. But for real, the reason I was sharing that faithfulness as well is in that picture's me. And I've shared this before, but the faithfulness of God is this. So when my father was killed by a drunk driver, he was less than a mile from where we lived in a duplex at the time. The thing you got to know about my daddy is he would pick me up in a van they called Spot on his last parts run for his body shop. He'd pick my fat head up. I'm sure I didn't need a car seat because I probably fit fully in all the way through. He probably just, just sat me in there. But the thing is, he was on his way to pick me up. Five minutes later, I would have been in that van, and I wouldn't be here. Five minutes earlier, he may still be here. I don't know, but God's over it. And when I say God's faithfulness, it's here I am. Little, I, I'm sure little did anyone think way back in the day when they got married on their wedding day that I would get to be here, that I would even be alive, because I, was, I really wasn't even in the picture. But my mom always would tell me, as your mother will tell you, I prayed for you long before you were born. God's faithfulness. Ruth, 
Ruth is living out God's faithfulness. Being redeemed. Boaz, the picture of Jesus redeeming her. Ruth, the picture of Jesus as a mother. You today, I don't care where your relationship is with your mother. I want you to know, you are important. You matter, and you are loved by God. Whatever you got going on, there's purpose. There's a reason. you. Whatever struggle you've been in your life, I will tell you there is no struggle-free life that is worth living. All of us have struggle. All of us go through things. And I will tell you, as you get older, if you're a teenager in the house, uh, your parents know what it feels like to be a teenager, but we don't know how to deal with what you're dealing with. So have some grace with your parents when, they, when they're honest with you. Like, I, if I had social media, holy cannoli. I remember, hey, how many of you are old enough to remember when Facebook required a college email to sign up? That was me from the beginning. That was it, right? That's how old I am. You're welcome. Uh, and who would have ever thought that? However, that being said, I just want to say you matter. I want you to know you matter. Ruth now knows that she matters. Boaz is showing that she matters. Boaz was a rich man. He had no business to even know who Ruth was, but instead God opened his eyes and pointed her out to him. And so wherever we have to look at today, wherever you are, we shared it last week, our children are blessings from God. You are a miracle. Will you believe that today? Let me ask you this really quick before we move on. What if I told you, how many folks, if I said, I'm going to give you $10 million right now, you would take it? How many people would take $10 million? I see both hands and feet up for people. Some people are dancing in the back. It's good times, right? You would. But what if I told you, you take that $10 million, this is your last day on earth? Would you take it? So what you're telling me is today's worth $10 million, right? So why don't we live it? I'm guilty of it. You and I are miracles. We are better chances than the Powerball to be alive. Rest in that. Know who's in control of that. Because here's what I want you to know. God ain't got no grandchildren. We're all his children. So that's why, yeah, you know, we're all his children. So we're all blessings to be stewarded as his children. Because today what you would see as you go forward uh, is today you're going to hear this. And it is so true. When we talk about women and we talk about Mother's Day and a godly woman, we can't not talk about Proverbs 31. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and let's get to Proverbs 31. Just a few verses, three more hours of messages, because I'm just ruining your lunch plans on Mother's Day. You're welcome, but that's what we're going to do. That's how I roll. If you had, if you'd have had macaroni and banana pudding, I probably wouldn't have eaten it, but my eyes still would have gotten big. You know how we go. So just say that's where you need to go and I'll make it happen. So Proverbs 31 verse 23 says this. Look, look at how Ruth and Boaz play out in this picture. Verse 23, her husband is respected at the city gate. Where was Boaz when he made the announcement? At the city gate with the elders, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Look at Boaz. He is respected. Did you see them say, this is a blessing. May Ruth have children for you. The nameless redeemer is nowhere to be found. He missed out on being written in the lineage of Jesus over whether he would get an inheritance or not. How many of us know family members that are that way? Love them anyway, right? We know family members. Whether, if I, what do I get out of it? Do I, do I get the house and the boat? I just get the boat, screw this, I'm done, right? No, 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 don't worry about the inheritance. Boaz, Boaz at the gate. Proverbs 31, verse 28 to 31 says this, 
Her children arise and call her blessed. That's what we celebrate mothers all today about. Her husband also, he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So once again, here we are at the city gate. Would you say that Ruth was praised by the witnesses to say, have children, and all of a sudden she gets to have children? Do you think that everyone, whenever a baby is born, is anybody mad? I know you may be talking about things in life, but really, there's usually a celebration, right? There's a celebration. There's new life. Why do we celebrate life? Because that's what Jesus is for us, right? We celebrate this life. Mothers, mothers are a picture of Jesus as they understand children are blessings to be steward all the way through. And so here's the thing that I want to give you some freedom real quick, moms, and then I promise you I'll get you out of here today. Moms, I want you to have some freedom today to know that you aren't responsible for your children's choices. But you are responsible to help them make the right choice. You can't make the right choice for them. God, I know you want to. God, I know my mama probably wanted to make so many right choices for me where she saw they went wrong. But instead, she said, okay, I just got to love him through it. I just got to love him through it. Parents, rest in that today. Mothers, rest in that today. If your mother's still alive today, love her for that. Because I'm going to tell you, outside of everything, last week we talked about children. There's no one who wants your affection and wants to make you proud more than your child. But there are very few people on earth that love you no matter what. And your mother's one of them. Just know that. No matter what. Even if you're screwing up big time, they're going to love you. Because if nobody loves you, then they don't want to have anything to do with you. Because they don't get anything out of it. Right? We know this, right? Come on, that's what, this is a picture of Jesus. So I want you to know that. Outside of that, I want you to understand as Boaz and this first Redeemer had, the Redeemer made his choice and they remained nameless. Boaz made his choice and now he's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that next week. How crazy is that? Hey, if you and I know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, guess what? We're in the lineage of Jesus Christ too, and we're in the lineage of Boaz because it works backwards like it does forwards. And so for each and every one of us, before we move on, and I'm going to do my dangest to get through this. If you're women, give me an amen. We got to do this. I got to get some amens because I need some in the Lord's name to do this. Moms, I want you to know this. For every tear you dry, every hug you give on the worst day, every boo-boo and scrape you kiss, and make better. Every outfit you pick out, because my God, those colors don't match, uh, all the way through. For every time you scream the loudest in the crowd, no, it may not be recognized right away, but it's etched in your heart. It's etched in your children's hearts. Know that. Know that. And I know that you may not realize it in that moment, especially those teenage years where there's, there's just a, a finding of yourself when you're a teenager. But teenagers, I just want to tell you, as you get older, you're going to remember those words of your mother over everyone else. Your mother and father, you're just going to remember them over everyone else. I know that you don't believe that. I know that you may not think that, but trust me, you do. My mother told me almost every day that she prayed for me and I was a miracle. And she would tell me the story of it and I would just be like, Phew. you see how many kids I go to school with? I guess they're miracles too, right? She's like, you don't understand, son. You aren't supposed to be here. It's only God. And that's brought me to where I get to be today. Only God. So, 
as you see, I want to talk to you about God's faithfulness because you see a picture of my mother. This is my, <laughs> whew, it's my favorite picture. One of my favorite pictures of Madeline. I know that, and, and Aiden, okay? Uh, this is my mother and Madeline and Aiden when Aiden was born. So cute. Look at that. She keeps looking at that little smile. She's just like, yeah, that's my brother. And just like Olivia, Aiden is about as big as Madeline, even though he wasn't as fat as I was as a kid. This is as big as, as Madeline is in that photo. And the reason I'm sharing you this is this. The woman who was never supposed to have a kid and doesn't have grandchildren from me has grandchildren. What? Who else but God? How in the world does she have grandbabies? Like, if, if, if Daddy and Mama Martha aren't high school sweethearts, my mother has no grandchildren. Because I don't have any. My mother may not have ever met my father were it not the grace of God. So what I'm trying to tell you is the famine you are in or the season of brokenness that you are in. Understand God's writing a bigger story. It is but a sentence and a beautiful novel and a beautiful story and the redemption story of all of us. Understand, it's just a little line. Would you trust who's writing it? Because if you and I are writing it, Man, we are not happy campers. This stinks. Why does God hate me? Why am I walking through this? But instead, when we trust him, we get to be a part of beautiful blessings we would have never dreamed otherwise. Because here's the thing. I've shared this before. I've shared this before, and I will share it with you because I love you. So I think I shared this last Mother's Day, and I'll share it again. Um, My mom told probably a handful of people, not even a handful, I can count on probably fingers, this statement. And uh, it's this, and I've shared it with you. And I'll, She said, if I, when I die, if Olivia's still alive, Tyler's going to be all right. I want to show you this picture of Olivia. And I, you see that? My mom knew then, <laughs> when she was gone, that I was going to be all right. Because my sissy had me. I'm still thinking about my poopy diaper right there, so I got to laugh. I'm sorry. She knew. Why am I sharing that with you today? If you have siblings, understand one day you're all you're going to have left. And there's nothing more that your parents want than for you to get along, than for you to love each other. I know it ain't easy. God, I know it ain't easy. Because I'm, I'm the one that's not easy to love. <laughs> it's not that with my family. I'm the, I'm the youngest, you know how we roll, the youngest, the babies in the family. You know how we roll. Maybe your parents are still alive today. I know you think what you're going through, I can never forgive them for that. Trust me, that day and that phone call is going to come that you're never going to get to make again. Call your mother. She's worried about you. Let her know you love her. There's nothing more that she wants than that. Your siblings, let them know you love them. Because one day, that's going to be the last semblance of a reminder you have of your mom and dad. But you see, the story doesn't have to end there. You see, God in his great mercy said, you are more than what this earth holds. You are more than just your family on this earth. 
I want to be in relationship with you. Creator God, today you may say, I don't even know if God exists. How in the world can I trust him? There's no way that a creator God exists. And so I'm gonna, I need some crowd participation here, okay? Does the building we're sitting in exist today? Yes or no? Okay, now I may be shocked here for a second, but I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit. Who here is the builder of this building? Does anyone personally know the building of this, the builder of this building? No, but does it not exist because you don't know them? The building still exists, and because the building exists, it implies there is a builder. You and I exist, which implies there is a creator God. Even if you don't know him and you refuse to see that he exists, you can see his existence everywhere in all of creation. The only way that you know God exists is when you walk out this door and you see it. And so the question is, in light of knowing God exists, what do you do with that? You see, John 3, 16 and 17 reminds us the most famous verse that we know of. And it says this, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. What does this mean? That God exists, and He wants to be in a relationship with you, the reason you and I exist. But here's the issue. We are all born into sin. And you say, I've never sinned. You have been a toddler. You have sinned. I'm going to tell you, your terrible twos might have been terrible threes, terrible fours, terrible fives, terrible 18s. I don't know. Whatever it is, all of us have sinned. What is sin? I put myself over everyone else. Specifically, I put myself over what God's called me to do. And so because of that sin, God can't be in relationship with that. So instead of leaving us the way he found us, broken and destined for eternal separation, that is hell, that is death for our sin, he said, hey, I'm going to make a way through my son. So all of us are born with this ticket, one-way ticket, destination hell, destination death, destination eternal separation from creator God. And God said, I can't, I can't have that. You are my children. I love you too much for that. I want to be in a relationship with you. So Jesus, his one and only son comes and he pays the price for admission into heaven for us. You see, all of us are going to hold a ticket when it's all said and done. The question is, which one will we hold? If we hold the ticket to hell, guess what? We try to save ourselves. What does that mean? I try to earn my way to heaven. I serve. I give. I do everything I can to be a good person. And maybe, just maybe, God will let me in when he gets that ticket. It says hell. God's not sending you there. You're making the choice to that. But you see, the difference between your ticket to hell and Christ paying the price of admission is the admission. The admission leads to the redemption. Understand that. Jesus, if we will go and surrender lordship of our life to Christ, confess and repent of our sins, what Jesus does is he takes our ticket to hell. He takes it for us and gives us the one-way ticket to heaven. But it requires the choice that we have to make. And I will tell you, your mother, your father would want to know that you made the right choice. The choice is yours. Will you keep trying to save yourself hopelessly, or will you rest in the hope that is Christ Jesus? And so what was this price that he paid? We see to be in the presence of God, there can be no sin. And so Jesus came and lived the perfect sinless life you and I couldn't live. We don't have to, because he did. After that, whenever sin would happen, there had to be a sacrifice that took place. So Jesus says, you know what? 
I'm still not done. I'm not only going to live a perfect, sinless life so they can be in relationship with the Father. I'm going to go die on the cross so they ain't got to do sacrifices anymore. But he still didn't get done because there was still work to do. So he goes to the tomb. He leaves it empty. He defeats death, hell, and the grave and says, hey, I'm not only going to live the perfect life you couldn't live, pay the sacrifice for you, bearing the wrath of God for your sin, I'm going to rise again so you can be who you were created to be now. You ain't got to wait to experience the fullness of joy, a blessing that comes from the Father. You can have it right now. And so my question is on this Mother's Day, because I know this is what my mother would want me to ask. What ticket are you going to be holding? What ticket today, when you walk out that door, will you be holding? The ticket from Christ or the ticket of yourself? Death is a part of both. You will either die yourself and be eternally separated from God or you will take Christ's death and you will receive his redemption by admitting your need for a Savior. So with every head bow and every eye closed, while we do what we do each and every week is so that those of us in Christ Jesus would be reminded who he is and be reminded what he's done for us and so that others, others would come to Christ for the first time. So we're about to say a prayer. We pray as a family here at the Vine Church. And it is not the words of this prayer that saves you. It's the faith of this prayer that Jesus is who he says he is. So with every head bow and every eye closed, please everyone repeat after me this prayer for the benefit of those coming to faith for the first time. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life, I couldn't live, die the death I deserve, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross. But love me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how with every head bowed and every eye closed, if for the first time you have surrendered lordship of your life to Christ, you have confessed and repented of your sins, you have made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you have received this ticket, the price of admission to heaven that Jesus paid for you, I'm going to ask you to boldly raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If you're in the house, would you raise your hand? If you're watching online, would you raise your hand? You can leave a comment. You can leave a hand raised in the comment. As a matter of fact, you can shoot us a message in our app or through social media. Whatever that looks like, we would love to get in touch with you. And the reason we want to get in touch with you is because we want to help you grow to be all God created you to be. We want to get you in touch with a local church so that you can continue living out being who God created you to be. And for the rest of us, you can go ahead and look up and stand. I'm going to pray before we sing, but I, I hope if nothing else today, you leave here better than you walked in. I would pray today, whatever you have, we laid prayer requests down at the beginning of this service as we do each and every week. Whatever you're holding on to, I will tell you if it's not to Jesus, it is something that will not satisfy you. So will you lay it down? As we go into the, this time of worship, we're going we're gonna to praise God. We're going to talk about it as well. The only way that we can experience it as well with our soul is if we have empty hands because we've laid it at the foot of the cross. So would you stand? Dear Jesus, thank you for this time that you have given us today as we get to celebrate and honor our mothers, Jesus. 
who have the heart just like you, who loved us long before they even knew us. And so today, Jesus, whatever we're going through relationally or financially or spiritually, Lord, or physically, Lord, whatever we are struggling with, Jesus, I just pray we would lay it at your feet. And as we come into your presence, I know that we will leave here better than how we walked in. We love you, Jesus. It's for your name and for your glory, we pray. Amen.
Happy Mother's Day. We're going to do it all over again. I'm just kidding. We aren't. Everybody gets excited. I'm so thankful for y'all. The reason I wanted to uh, come out here at the end is we got a gift for you. And you get a gift. And you get a gift. I'm just kidding. Here's what we got to do. It's, it's made easy. It's easy for you. All you got to do is pick a soap. And your mother wants you to have some soap, okay? So you can pick a soap for all of our mothers in the house. Dads, don't be, don't be. If, if you hadn't got mom a gift, go, go over there. There's a little devotional in there. It's a three-minute daily blessing devotional. It is not dated, but it is. By this time next year, you'll be able to go through all 365. Also, a stress relief candle uh, because you had to put up with me all day. You need a stress relief. So there you go. Make sure you grab that. There's some Dove chocolates over there. But also, before we get here, I'm going to pray one more time. I think uh, that's a good thing to do. Before we get out of this house, it's 1132. Thank you for staying this long. Let's take 15 minutes and get photos, have some food before we pack this place up because your mother didn't get you all dressed up so that you could go to the house and not take a picture with her. So we got a photo booth over there. Make sure you do that. Let's pray. Then we're going to get back to it, have some photos and celebrate, and we'll come back here next week. Jesus, thank you again for your faithfulness. Thank you that the story you are writing for us is greater than the one we could ever write for ourselves. So many times we think that if we just had this or we just had that, that it would be better. But Jesus, nothing without you is better. But with you, everything is not only better, it's greater. So Jesus, today I pray that we would be reminded that you are greater. You are over our circumstances. You are bigger than any obstacle that we're going to face and that you are writing our story. And Jesus, right now it may just be a sentence in the story, but it is going to be a beautiful novel when you are through that we are going to get to celebrate with you for eternity. Jesus, thank you for the mothers that we have. Thank you for allowing us to have a mother. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Have an, always, have an awesome week and always remember the best is still yet to come.